Welcome to WTIP's Outdoor News Podcast. This is Callie. And I'm Joe Fredericks. We're here. We're near a lot of things. We're on a spur of the Superior hiking trail. We're near Lake Superior. Uh, Highway 61 is not too far away. Nice day in June. And on today's episode, we're going to talk a lot about fishing. Lake Superior fishing, as a matter of fact. Uh, We're going to hear from... Corey Goldsworthy. He is the Lake Superior Area Fisheries Supervisor for the DNR. He was up in Grand Marais recently. Interestingly enough, Callie, he came up here because there were some complaints to his office from some of the sport anglers, which is people like you and me are sport anglers. We're not commercial anglers. Uh, So there are two types of people in the DNR's viewpoint who fish on Lake Superior. Commercial anglers, sport anglers. Some of the sport anglers were calling down to Knife River, Duluth, Two Harbors, where Corey's office is, and saying, we're not pleased with the net placement of the commercial anglers this year. They're hogging up all the prime reefs. They're netting. There's too many nets. It's out of control. This is chaos. So Corey came up to address that specifically, and let's just get right into what he had to say about that because that's the crux of what brought him up to town. Here's Corey Goldsworthy. Uh, so typically, uh, when we start hearing complaints about, uh, commercial fishing nets, uh, from sport anglers, typically it's during times when fishing is kind of slow. Uh, you know, you, you hear conversations at the boat launch with other anglers that fishing was really slow, but you see a lot of commercial nets out there. So right away, the perception goes to the commercial nets are taking all of the fish. Uh, and also I think there's a, some misinformation or misperception among sport anglers that, uh, the commercial fisheries in Minnesota or, or out of Grand Marais here are unregulated or uh, the DNR doesn't know really exactly how many nets are out there or, or what folks are catching. Uh, and, and nothing could be further from the truth with that. Uh, Minnesota commercial fisheries are, if not the most regulated, uh, they're, they're highly regulated on Lake Superior. Can, in your perspective, there be a harmonious balance between sport fishing and and commercial fishing on out near Grand Marais? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I think I think uh, when we do start hearing complaints again, I think a lot of it is is misperception or misinformation uh, that it's either an unregulated fishery or um, you know there's there's too many nets or or maybe any one commercial operator is is setting way too much net out there. Um, but again, the way that our commercial uh, permit system runs. Essentially, we know who's setting what nets where at any time of the year. Um, so it's a it's a highly regulated uh, fishery that, through time, right? We have we have as an agency said that yep, the sport fishery is I don't want to say more important, but it kind of takes precedence um, in in um, you know opportunity than the commercial fishery does. That's why. We limit it to only 25 commercial operators, only 3,000 lake trout per year out of MN3, 2,000 out of MN2, 500 out of MN1. It's a small number of lake trout, whereas just an MN1 alone, the sport fishery typically catches 20 to 25,000 lake trout, mm-hmm. right? So just a, <laughs> kind of a little perspective, you know, the the difference between the sport fishery and the commercial fishery. Um, so it's a, it's a very low number of lake trout that the, that the commercial fishery is harvesting. Um, we have the, the Cisco or the herring fishery, you know, that, that is the, I would say the, the, the primary fishery in Minnesota waters is the herring fishery. Uh, we really don't have lake whitefish, um, with our bathymetry, the way that, uh, the shoreline drops off really quickly to deep water. 
and a lot of boulder, a lot of rock, a lot of bedrock. Uh, Lake Whitefish really like the shallower, sandy, more productive areas of like, say, the Apostle Islands. So we really on the North Shore don't have a whole lot of Lake Whitefish, so there's not really a commercial fishery for it. That's why the, the herring fishery is our primary fishery. And now um, the Menominee fishery or the round whitefish fishery is, is kind of a, a secondary fishery to that. So as you can hear from Corey Goldsworthy there, it is regulated. Commercial fishing is regulated, and it's something that they take very seriously. And that's what brought him to town. He's been networking uh, with some of the people who express these concerns. So it, that's that's what's happening with the situation with commercial sport angling. Just a very interesting take about why those calls were coming in because people were having low harvests. People were saying, I'm not catching many fish. It must be the fault of the commercial anglers. Here's what Corey had to say about that. Sure. Uh, this year, especially, I've heard it uh, uh, closer to Duluth uh, with a lot of the charter captains is it's been kind of a slow year for lake trout, um, uh, sport fishing anyway. Uh, our our DNR assessments from um, two harbors to Duluth that we do every May, we've had the highest numbers in those assessment nets that we've ever seen. So they're um, not, they're just not hungry for whatever the anglers right, yep, presenting? Yep. We think this year was a really big smelt year. Uh, lake trout likely gorge themselves on smelt. And typically when there's a, a high prey fish abundance and uh, the predator fish are satiated, they don't need to be chasing around a lot of fish to eat. They'll just hang out, especially lake trout, right? It's Lake Superior's cold. They can gorge a meal of smelt, lay on the bottom in 32 and a half degree water and maybe not have another meal for a week, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if there's a lot of prey fish out there and the fish aren't hungry, the anglers will see it, right? And And it's kind of a... It's kind of it's kind of odd to explain to a, a a sport angler that yep we realize you're not catching any lake trout, but our assessment nets are the highest we've ever seen. So <laughs> you know it's it, it's kind of difficult sometimes to explain to folks, um, but I think most of the time that's a that's a um, a prey fish abundance type scenario where um, you know those predator predator fish are just full of smelt and and they're not really actively feeding at this point. All right, again, that's Corey Goldsworthy talking about uh, fishing on Lake Superior, lake trout and uh, whitefish, whatever you want to be going for in the big lake. Callie, when's the last time you ate fish from Lake Superior? Uh, last summer. Yeah, I went out fishing with my father on Lake Superior multiple times last year. Uh-huh. And, yeah, we caught all sorts of fish last year. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and Corey, when he was in town, uh, so as you can hear, we're on the hiking trail and there's people zooming around. So uh, the day Corey was up here in the middle of June 2022, he stopped into Dockside, Fisherman's Daughter, and, and got some fish and was commenting about how, you know, yeah, it, was, it seemed really fresh, it was good. Uh, so I actually popped into Dockside and talked to uh, Katie Mum, one of the co-owners of uh, Fisherman's Daughter Dockside, is kind of she uses it interchangeably now. She said, uh, and asked her like, so the DNR Lake Superior area fishery supervisor was in town. He ate in your restaurant like an hour ago, commented how fresh it was. Here's what Katie had to say about that. Yep. So that just came up uh, right out of the lake, probably in two hours before he ate it. Uh, so we get we talk with our fishermen every morning. They kind of give us like what they caught that day, and then we decide what we want. Um, so this morning they had like. 10 pounds of herring, 10 pounds of Menominee. So we take it, put it in our fish and chips, and then the people who are here for lunch are eating it fresh out of the lake. So 
So it was fun to tell them, like, you know, your fish was literally in the lake an hour and a half ago, two hours ago. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> right. And Corey, I mean, his whole world revolves around fishing, essentially. I mean, he's the area fishery supervisor from uh, Duluth up to the up to Grand Portage, essentially. So he still loves to come in and get fresh fish. And, and he mentioned Dockside as being one of those you know there's only a couple places that you can do that on the whole shore yeah yep the other day i took a picture of the fish right as i came up the stairs and i was like it, there's no truer statement than dock to table fish and chips literally just came right off the dock and now it's in your fish and chips so yeah. it doesn't get much more fresh than that <laughs> right how does that process work like when you get here in the morning do you get to kind of pick and choose or do people compete against each other to have that how's that process work yeah our fishermen are pretty good because they share with like um us the angry trout in the grocery stores so they'll kind of like um i I think we're all we're all pretty equal they'll offer it to each of us what we want um and then we decide for the day usually towards the weekend we take more fish so depending on what their catch was um today they had lake trout too so we'll take some for our fresh fish um yeah and then we just kind of talk with them every morning because each day is different it's been totally different with the rivers affecting their fishing too so we kind of just jump on what they have and then cut it up in fish and chips or sell it for fresh fish. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, uh, you've got the approval of the uh, top fisheries person for the DNR. Uh, appreciates what you got going and the commercial uh, anglers here in the, in the Grand Marais area as well. So thanks, Katie. Good to talk to you. Yeah, thank you very much. So that's Katie Mom talking about uh, their business in the Lake Superior area. Fishery supervisor was up there. Uh, Corey Goldsworthy is going to be back actually in July with his crew uh, and they invited us to go out on their boat to do some, some see how the process of netting works for gill net surveys. So more from Corey Goldsworthy and the DNR uh, fishery supervisors for Lake Superior. They're a great resource for us to have access to at WTIP and on this podcast. I think we'll be hearing plenty from them. Uh, Kelly, you recently had some conversations with the Forest Service about a story we reported on at WTIP, which is where we produce this podcast, the community radio station in Grand Marais. You were talking with them about the tornado that swept through last October in 2021. What's going on with that? Yeah, so last October 2021, there was a kind of unusual weather event that occurred north of Clearwater Lake um, in the Boundary Waters Canoe area. And so I touched base with Kathy Quinn. She's the Recreation and Wilderness Specialist for the U.S. Forest Service, and she was involved in hiking in. Actually, she did some aerial flights over the initial damage area to assess in back in November. Then they went back in on the ground um, come May and were able to finally clear some of the of the downed trees. Kathy mentioned that there were over a hundred downed trees in the area and that with the help of volunteers from the North Country Trail Association and Border Route Trail Association, they were able to clear that entire section using primitive tools, cross-cut saws rather than chainsaws. Right. Yeah, actually, let's hear a, a clip about Kathy explaining some of that. We're pretty proud of the fact that we just reopened this trail so quickly and using primitive tools because this part of the border route is in a federally designated wilderness where motorized and mechanized equipment in general is not approved, but in only a few circumstances. And so while we could have, you know, flexed some administrative authority and gone in and used chainsaws to reestablish the trail, we thought that since it was not an emergency situation, that there was absolutely no reason we couldn't do it with primitive tools. So, you know, uh, you'll see we have pictures of folks using, you know, four and six foot crosscut saws to cut tree after tree after tree. And so um, we're pretty proud that we were able to do that. 
in compliance with the with the Wilderness Act. That was Kathy Quinn talking about the efforts with the volunteers and the Forest Service Wilderness Rangers clearing the border out trail. All right, so you can find that full interview on the website, WTIP.org. That's the radio station where we produce this podcast. All right, Callie, so what about you? What have you been up to? You've been, uh, does garden constitute outdoor activity? Is gardening like a, should we quantify that as outdoor recreation? I think so. It's outdoors. <laughs> I got bit by bugs. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, and you've got a couple gardens you're rocking this year? Yeah, I have two gardens this year. Um, I'm hopeful to have squash and cucumbers. My goal is to make pickles this year, so I have a bunch of cucumbers in the ground, some tomatoes, and a bunch of garlic that was left from the last person at the garden from WTIP. So but a lot of new recipes I'm going to have to roll out this year. Right. Cool. Well, I've got a, a garden couple raised beds at home uh they're not as good you've got great soil at wtip at that community garden so i may be uh, bumming some squash or trading walleye i'll, I'll trade with you yeah not not necessarily bumming yeah, uh, pickles for wall or pickles for walleye yeah, <laughs> yes let's make that happen uh so it's uh getting in to later part of june now and things are starting to change there's been some some hot days we've had such a slow start to the spring with the late ice out and the high water around the region but things are starting to level out now so uh we'll be hearing all kinds of adventures coming up on the podcast and we're glad that you're listening to the wtip outdoor news podcast